there, guys. Welcome back to the Send It Podcast. This is episode four, and I'm your host, Chloe Smith. And today I have on another crazy long-distance hiker. He goes by the name Ungerware, and he through-hiked the Pacific Crest Trail in 2017 and did the Appalachian Trail a few years prior to that. I met Unger through social media and followed his little trail fam's journey this last season, and I was super excited to have him on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy his stories. Give me just like a quick rundown, who you are, what's your name, where you're from, what you do. So my name is Ryan Unger. I work at YWAM Salem in Salem, Oregon, beautiful state, and um, I work as a missionary full-time. That's kind of what I do. I'm originally from a little town in Idaho called Sun Valley. So you're a thru-hiker, and you've done the AT, and you've done the PCT. Yeah. Why? The AT? Yeah. So it took me 171 days to do the AT um, as an outreach. And so we had 15 people total, I believe, on trail. Uh, and so we, would, we wouldn't hike with each other, but we would uh, still be a group, essentially. Uh, we would have, you know, this mile marker, we're going to be all back together to have team time and be together and, and do an, also an outreach within the communities along the way. And so that took a little bit extra time, uh, but we also stayed with the group of people we were hiking with the entire way as well. And so when you did the PCT, did you take a team with you on that one, or was it just your, your buddy you were hiking with? Yeah, so uh, the guy that I hiked with, he was the only other one. So on the Appalachian Trail, uh, the DTS hit 1,000 miles, and that was graduation time. And so like three months or two months, whatever it was. Um, and so we all went back for graduation and then I got to a point of like, I can't just do half of this. I want to finish it off, at least for myself. That was never a question in the, st- the other student's mind, Jason, or Bamboo is his trail name. And, um, so we, we kind of both knew that going into it. Like we were both committed to go to the, to the very end. Um, and another guy, Matt Saxton, uh, was driving the support vehicle and we all kind of like committed to each other like we're going to do this and so we all finished together um bamboo and i specifically were doing most of the hiking or doing the hiking and and matt saxton was was uh the support guy and pushing us forward and yeah it was so good you guys finished that one and then how long until you were like hey let's do the pct too i mean we were always kind of talking about it um this year, it all kind of like fell into place super late in the game for me. Um, so he works at YWAM Virginia uh, in Richmond, and that was where the AT was based out of, the AT DTS was based out of. And um, he had already gotten permission to do it, and he's like, well, I want to have a team. And so he called me up, and he's like, hey, did you want to do the PCT this year? And I was like, yeah, of course I do, but I haven't talked to anybody about it. <laughs> I've been kind of in this transition of getting to working in the outdoor industry and community and, and really cap- kind of like capitalizing on that, I guess, more of my time. And so it was kind of a, a long discussion from, I would say, January, well, November of 2016 until the week before I started the trail. This is when I finally heard, yeah, you can go for it. Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Had you been like mentally prepping like you were gonna go or not really? I was. I was. The only thing I was not prepping uh, was physically. I was just. I was eating like a through hiker. I was already had that game on. Yeah, and and I had been like squirreling away different food for resupplies for three years at that time or two, fourteen. Yeah, so three years and had that all like packed away. I I had applied for my. Actually, Bamboo's the one that applied for my PCT permit because I was getting on a flight to Norway to shoot a wedding. And I was like applying on the plane on my phone. I'm like, come on. Oh, man, it failed. Dude, you got to do this for me. Having hiked both at this point, what yeah. would you say are the biggest differences between PCT culture and AT culture? I would say the difference between AT culture and PCT culture would be uh, with the, the more road crossings on the AT, you get people who like jump on and off more um, or people who aren't as experienced at times uh, are like just out there for a week maybe and they've got like super heavy backpacks. Uh, you kind of get like this thrown together. I remember one particular place in Hiawassee um, in, in, in the south. Um, somebody had like military backpack with all this Walmart brand Coleman stuff and and stove that he was carrying. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, you don't need two stoves for dinner. You just need one, like one of those, one of the green ones. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, dude, there's a better way to do this. And I mean, that was that's what he he knew, and that was his budget, and and he was he was working with it, and so that was the last time I saw him though. <laughs> and then on the PCT, I would say. It's becoming more like a new through hike, yeah. new for through hikers, but uh, you definitely get people who are a little bit more serious about what they're doing, um, who have maybe had the experience or not, but they're, they're like, they know that this is a real thing and it's not, I'm not going to be off in three days because there's a road crossing. Which one was your favorite? Definitely the PCT. I mean, it's definitely the freshest. Uh, in my mind, but then also, I was reminiscing with a, another through hiker that I had met, and we were talking about the AT because he was working on his Triple Crown at the time, um, and he's like looking on the other side of a wash, and it's, we're in the desert, and it's just like you can see the other hikers as they're walking on the trail. Not a beautiful view or anything, and he's like, "So like this right here, this would be a beautiful view on the AT, <laughs> just because you can have more than." 100 yards of, of visibility. <laughs> uh, growing up on the West Coast and loving the Sierra and loving Oregon and not experiencing Washington and being anticipating like Washington's beauty was super cool. Yeah, and so you went through the Sierras. Yeah, so we, I think we got in on June 19th. Um, June 19th, and it was after this big, huge heat wave that went through the states. Um, and so there was a lot of melt, but I think we kind of like hit the perfect time where not everything was super deadly, but then also things were melted. And so we didn't have as many snow bridges to cross over. And, and so there was like a give and take in that. Leading up to it, I would say my biggest fear, to be honest, was the desert. Yeah. For me, because I'd never hiked through the desert before. I'd always done the, the rainforest or... or um, Oregon, you know, or something other than the desert. And for me, that was like the, the red, big red flashing light of like, 
you're not going to survive the desert. I'm not even going to make it 700 miles to what I'm comfortable with. <laughs> and so uh, there was certainly that, but online there was a lot of fear-mongering and, and people saying, if you go in, you're going to die. Like, don't do it. I even went the day before, before we jumped in, back into the Sierra, I went to the uh, forest ranger and having led trips in the backcountry before in the Sierra, I, I knew some of the rangers and, and so we were able to like actually talk and have conversations about what was going on in the backcountry. And they were all like, don't do it. It's too wet. You're, you're going to die. And, and so I had this like, this question in the back of my mind of like, what is going to happen out there? And part of that was leading up to um, my trail family and how I met them and our conversations of like, don't be stupid. <laughs> like if you're not comfortable with what you're doing, you need to turn around and have a contingency plan in that. Um, as far as scary moments, um, I wouldn't say we got to a point where anybody was like fearful, but there were certainly decisions that I saw made out there where I'm like, that's not the smartest. And we had to like step in and stop that uh, just because of lack of experience. The Oswald Trail family through that part. Did everyone make it through the Sierras? Yeah, there was one of our specific trail family. Uh, Mooch ended up getting off trail. Um, uh, Scott is his name. I forgot his last name. Anyway, <clears throat> he ended up getting off trail, his uh, leaving Mammoth. Uh, so we ended up leaving uh, before him and he got caught up in town, Vortex in town, or caught up in town somehow, and um, ended up leaving a day behind us and then tried to play catch up. And then he something happened with his foot, and he had like a swollen foot. And so he hobbled on it, tried to fix it, stayed, stayed behind in Tahoe, I believe, and tried to like figure out how to catch up to us, uh, skip miles and catch up to us, and it just didn't happen. And, and I think financially he also got off the trail. Um, just because it was expensive, which is super sad because I loved Mooch. Still do. Mooch, if you're listening. <laughs> On that note, your trail name. <laughs> yeah, yep. My trail name is Ungerwear. Um, to be honest, it is, it's a name that has followed me my entire life and I couldn't even get away from it on the trail. So people are like, Ungerwear, <laughs> that's really funny. But then on the on the AT, um, kind of two different things. People were always wondering where I was. Uh, so people were like, where's Unger? Where's Unger? And then it just like went into Unger wear. And then I also wore my uh, my base layer uh, most of the time for 300 miles or something like that. So my underwear was also hanging out. But but I've I've embraced it now and. and <laughs> Is there anything that you would do differently on the PCT if you were going to do it again? I mostly used my tent as a pillow. So I was, I was out bivvying or cowboy camping, if you will, um, the, almost the entire time. I, I can probably count on just a few, few times when I actually used uh, my tent as a tent, which I was super thankful for in the moment, but I think I would do a tarp the next time because a pound and a half or seven ounces uh, is a pretty big difference. And so I think I would do that differently. 
I started off with a different sleeping bag, hope, hoping I would like extend it out the entire time, but it just didn't work, and so I got a new sleeping bag as well. And I went to I I switched over to a quilt, um, which I really really do love. Did you hike in trail runners or mid boots or boots? Ooh, I had mountaineering boots on the entire time. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ended up doing trail runners. Uh, Ultra was my my shoe of choice. Uh, the Lone Peaks, uh, 3.0s, and um, that was switched over from the AT where I wore Cascadias uh, the entire time. So um, definitely am more comfortable because I've done I've done long days in boots, and I know the the, the difference in in pain or the difference in usability. Did you use your trail runners in the Sierras or did you send yourself something else? Uh, no, I, I ended up using my trail runners in the Sierra. Funniest story, I, I had a resupply box that was mailed to me at Kennedy Meadows South and it never showed up. And so I, didn't, I did not get my resupply before entering the Sierra. I did, however, get my bear canister, uh, which had some gear in it. And um, it had an old, like my original pair of Lone Peaks in it. So they were like bald and falling apart. And I don't know why the guy who was sending me all my stuff thought, oh, he needs this old pair of shoes versus the brand new pair of shoes. Um, and so I went into the Sierra with bald tires, essentially. And so I had crampons that I used um, and that that really did save me um, having to not slip around. <laughs> yeah. Did you bring an ice axe in with you? I did. Did you ever have to use it? Yes. Uh, well, I, I never, <laughs> let me rephrase that. I used it, but I never had to. No, I take that back. Coming out of Cure Surge, I totally used it. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, so leaving Kearsarge to go down into Independence, and then we hitched out to, to Bishop. I used it for like a five-foot section because I was just super clumsy, and most of the Sierra was me falling yeah. on snow, and totally just slid down, and it was super minor. But uh, that was, I would say, we did use our ice axes quite a bit. Okay, so here's one for you. What was your worst night's sleep on the PCT? <laughs> Do you want poop stories yet? Yes. <laughs> okay, all right. So <clears throat> I had just left, I think it was Sierra City, and up in Northern California. And Neon, my hiking buddy, and I ended up getting like foods, like food poisoning uh, from this restaurant in town. I won't name it because it's... It's a good place to go, but it's not like, I think it was just a freak accident. <clears throat> and we, so we had the same meal, we ended up like getting sick. And so I had diarrhea on the trail, um, which I honestly have never been sick on the trail before. And never had norovirus, I've never had like nothing. And um, so it hit me all of a sudden and I was like, I probably dug 30 cat holes, I'm sure, <laughs> in that section. And um, 
yeah, that night of sleep, I finally got into into camp really late at night, and I'm laying there, um, just afraid to fart, and I had so much gas, and <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I, I'm sleeping in my my new quilt, and I don't want to like <laughs> on my sleeping pad, everything. So it was, uh, yeah, I would say that was my my longest night. Did you ever have any moments when you were like, I really want to quit? I don't know if quit was necessarily part of that, but I was really tired of the trail and I did not want to be on it. Um, it was actually the day we made it to halfway point. Um, I think the previous night we had, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, we had hiked at a building and it's like a stupid climb and it was super hot and we left later on in the evening so we could hike in the, in the cool of the night. And so I think we got into, into camp like around one or something like that, something stupid. And I was just, I think I was physically exhausted. And that was during a point in the trail where we were doing 30 plus miles a day for two weeks. And so mentally I was like spent, physically I was getting spent and I was just like done with the heat and done with all this silliness and I was just like I I can't do it <laughs> and so I remember I remember like it was just such a long day such a long haul I was on the struggle bus what got you through it um was certainly having a goal at the end of the week uh and having another person there to like push into and uh, so my friend Wasabi, she had to get off trail to meet her boyfriend, and we had to do those extra miles. I'm like, yeah, sweet, more miles, I'll do that. That'd be fun. I've never done 30 miles for two weeks straight. This would be cool. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> and um, so I think having that that like commitment to be like, we're going to get to the end point um, was definitely motivation, and then also like just her and my dynamic of of hiking together and conversations and and that really did did uh, inspire me to go keep on going yeah what was your like feeling when you reached the monument the monument <laughs> oh man which one the southern or northern, <laughs> northern. <laughs> okay <laughs> the northern monument man it was it was a big mixed bag for me because uh, Washington was a really hard state for me emotionally and mentally, um, not physically. Like I was in tip-top shape and it, everything was like working properly and I could do the miles, but all those other factors and also like the anticipa anticipation of having to go back into uh, the real world, um, coming to, you know, knowing I'm going to come back and, and cook for the next six months or whatever the case is. like. So I think there was that draining effect and then also my dynamics that I had had with the team as well. So it was very bittersweet for me because when I hit the monument, I honestly wanted to turn around and walk back to Mexico. Like I can, I totally understand people who want to yo-yo. It was definitely different than the, than the AT. Because the AT, I was, I stood on top of the monument and I was, you know, like, Screaming, which I did on on the PCT, but there was there was certainly a different feeling of like we just did this, and I'm like, oh crap, I gotta go <laughs> get back to work. <laughs> yeah, bittersweet. 
But I mean, there was there was also the excitement because I got to finish with my favorite people in the world, and so it was it was a really special moment, and we were there all together, um, taking pictures and just like hanging out there and being like, this is the place where we've been walking to. But we did we did have a have a really cool moment before the end of the trail, like the night before. Um, we all found a, a campsite that would, I think. On gut hook, it says only two or three campers or tents. It's a two or three tent site, and we ended up having eight people there, and kind of like wagon wheeled around, and, and we were just like as close as possible, and we had an evening of like sharing photos via airdrop, and some were too far away, so we'd like pass it through the line, and then. Um, a few different people had like written things, like their final thoughts of, of the trail and, and shared that with the group and just really special moments like that where where we were spending the last night all together as, as a family and shared this shared experience was like overwhelming and exciting and so you know, just so many emotions and, and then it snowed on us. So we got two inches of snow on us in, in that night and People are like waking up and like shaking their tents, and then like all of a sudden everybody wakes up and they're like, hey, "Are you awake? Yeah, this is crazy," <laughs> you know. And so it was really, it was really cool. But I would say that's really what I hold on to is the, those last moments of, of that that morning, I guess. And the words that were shared, and the tears that were shared, and the excitement that was shared as well. Um, it was kind of like a prelude to what the end of the trails is like for many people. But we got to share that all together. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I just wanted to give a huge shout out to my friend Dylan Gaines, who was the creator of the theme music for the Send It podcast. Really, really talented um, skateboarder, trickboarder, and a really talented musician. Thanks so much, Dylan. Tune in next week for the Send It Podcast.